Welcome back to How Did It Come To This, where nothing under the sun is new and everything under the sun is news. This week, it's the news story no one can escape. It's been everywhere and we knew that we would have to cover it. Ukraine has a long, long history. A place of great natural beauty, home to many civilizations, people groups and empires. It has been fought over, divided, conquered, liberated. Repeat the cycle. How does a piece of land become so fought over? How many border changes can occur? How often can your citizenship, cultural and ethnic status be questioned? Why is it called Ukraine and not the Ukraine? Why does Vladimir Putin want it? And ultimately, how did it come to this? Yeah, and season three. Season three. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a long hiatus. It has been a long hiatus. Um, I'm currently looking at an article that asks why so many shows peak in season three. A peak in season yeah. three. So Lost, Sons of Anarchy, Grey's Anatomy, 30 Rock, The Office, Justified, Glee, Parks and Recreation. How did it come to this? Even though we're not a TV show, we're a podcast, but same thing. It's, I mean, it's for entertainment value. Same principle. There, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to season three. Welcome to season three. Um, so it's, it has been a long while. So thank you for uh, sticking with us and yeah. waiting it out. Um, but we're back, baby. We are. Um, and uh, we thought uh, we thought what we might do is, uh, you know, we we thought we we can't not talk about Ukraine. No, it, it's it seems like it's old news now, really. But it's so ongoing, um, and it will mm. be for a while. What did what did you say, James? Day day sixty three. Day sixty three of the invasion of Ukraine yeah. at the minute. Yeah. Um, and we we kind of we've been talking about how we were going to do this. For a while, yeah. Um, there are a lot of. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have done similar things to what we're about oh, to do, definitely. but but um, we are going to delve in and do three episodes. Yes. So this is our first three parter. It is um, because there is just so much There's, to talk it's, about. It's actually a bit crazy. So even like what we're talking about today, I really had to just be like, okay, we'll just mention that briefly, but not delve into it because we will get. I mean, that's down. that's what I was thinking too. There is yeah. just so much to to get your head around, and it's mm. it's one of those it's one of those historical uh, topics that I've I've looked at um, where um, that like people can make all sorts of arguments based on something that happened a long, long time ago mm. and they might be technically correct, but it's it's also like so many other things also happened. Yeah. And it's um um I don't wanna I don't wanna try I don't want to draw comparisons. I don't want to do all that kind of stuff. But it's I it's fraught. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like Israel Palestine. It's mm. kind of like um other areas where there is just so much history yeah. that it's it's almost you, you almost can't it's yeah, it's kind of impossible to to go in there and <clears throat> break it all down and try to be completely um, unbiased in how you look at it as well. Like it's, it's a lot of ideological ideas going yes. on here. Yes, um, and it's very very complex. I feel like we say that about every episode we start. Wow, this is so complex. But this, this one, is true this though. One really, really, really is. <laughs> it re- really is. Yes. Um, and also. Sad. If there's oh, one thing so I've noticed um, in doing the research, is just the Ukraine. The history of Ukraine has just been 
sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there won't be many lols in this, but no. we will aim to be informative. We will aim to be very informative. Mm. Uh, so um, I... We're going to yeah we're going to do three parts. So today yes. we're going to we're going to focus on um, uh, a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, Daniel's going to go back to the door. We're going to go all the time. way. We're going to go all the way back. <laughs> oh, well, not not quite. No, there was no, more. No. Actually, there was further back. I could have gone. Yeah, than, I'm sure uh, than there I started is. at today. We'll go up to today is up to 1945. Episode two will be 45 yep. to 91. Yep. Cold, Cold War. Cold War years. Yep. And then episode three will is be ninety one to present. And essentially the, the Putin yeah. Uh, yeah. the Putin years. The Putin years. Yeah. Um so you know, we're yeah, we're but to uh just to, to kick us off, uh we are in day sixty three and uh this is a article uh from the BBC, uh by Yaroslav Lukov. Uh, it's titled Ukraine War, Putin warns against foreign intervention. Any country trying to intervene in the Ukraine war will face a lightning fast response. Russian President Vladimir Putin has warned. We have all the tools no one can boast of. We will use them if necessary, he said, in what is seen as a reference to ballistic missiles and nuclear arms. Ukraine's allies have stepped up the supply of weapons with the US vowing to make sure Ukraine defeats Russia. Western officials say Russia is being hampered in its efforts in the east. Last week, Russia launched a major offensive to seize the Donbass region after withdrawing from areas around the capital, Kiev. Uh, and, but according to one official, Russian forces are finding it difficult to overcome the staunch Ukrainian resistance and they are suffering losses. I think if one thing that's been so surprising has been Ukrainian resistance. Um, but when you go back and look at their history... It actually isn't surprising. No. These are pretty tough people. They're tough. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. tough region to live in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Which we're about to talk yes. about. Yes. Um, so, all right. Well, we're ready to go back in time? So ready. Uh, okay. Let's do it. Oh, thanks, Wayne and Garth. They're back. As always. For another season. Yes. Uh, all right. So, look, we're going we're gonna to delve. Uh, I thought maybe first of all I would... Uh, just talk about something that uh, has interested me, um, which is why do we call it Ukraine and not the Ukraine? Um, sure. And and there's a there's some really good reasons why we don't do that. Yep. So um, it actually comes back to um, linguistic reasons, but also uh, reasons of uh, identity and and social mm-hmm. norms. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, and in the Russian language, there are some some reasons why they might call it the Ukraine. And it all basically comes down to the fact that uh, Russia um, claimed sovereignty over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you refer to a region that you own in both the Russian and English language as the. Okay. So like if we, for instance, were going to say, um, talk about the Australian cap- capital territory... Oh, it is the, the Australian, Australian Capital, Capital Territory. Territory. The ACT. All right. The, the, Northern the ACT and the Northern Territory. That's but if we're talking about um, Australia as a sovereign nation, yeah. it is just Australia. Okay. Um, same with <gasps> the states. The states are not a region that is like taken over. They yeah. are just New South Wales, Queensland, etc. They yeah. are self-governing regions. Yeah. You could do it like as well um, – you know, so like uh, local council areas sometimes too might be called the something okay. um, because they're just a re- a region that you yeah. that I've you never know about. about that. And so, um, calling it the Ukraine is just a way of is a way. It's a way of saying Ukraine is still owned by Russia people. Yeah, yeah, which is um, why it's so offensive. Which is why it's offensive. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to try my hardest not to do it because I used to say it 
I don't because I thought it was the official thing. Yeah, because there are there are actually some places that we do refer to as the. I think the Bahamas is one. Ah, yes. And I think there's another one. I think there's only two or three in the world that we actually the officially call the. The Canary Islands? Maybe. I'm, I just, I can't remember. There is a list. I did look it yeah. up a while ago and yeah, I, can't, yeah, I couldn't yeah. find it. Yeah. I couldn't find the article again. Yeah. Um, and also, like, um, we now refer to the capital as Kiev, not Kiev. Kiev, yes. Because Kiev is the Russian name. The Russian word. version. Kiev. Yeah, is, Kiev. Yeah. Um, which I feel like. Which is really hard to say. Kiev. <laughs> Kiev. Kiev. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So different to the old chicken Kiev you find in the yeah fridge section in the fridge in the, yeah yep. yeah cool um, so there you go I'm gonna delve back yeah um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, let's I mean let's try and you know go back as far as we can pin a date all right. on it for us all right so we're gonna go all the way back uh, to about 882. CE. I was going to say. <laughs> okay, CE. CE. We're cool. in the CEs. We're in the CEs. Um, and we're, we're looking at a period of time when there were lots of um, – there's lots of Slavic tribes mm-hmm. in the region that we're talking about. So uh, if you, I mean, if, if you've never seen a map of where Ukraine is, let's let's get I've a let's get a geographic location, shall I've we? I've had to have one open just to help me. Yeah. So <laughs> if you think about Europe and you think about. Uh, you know, so like on the left-hand side, on the eastern, sorry, on the western side, you've got, you know, your France's, your Germany's um, getting towards Spain. the centre. Spain's, yeah. um, the Italy's are all yeah. on that western side. Yep. And then the closer you get to um, what you would call Russia. Yeah. Um, you're starting to get, yeah, like Eastern Europe. You get into what they would call Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, and Ukraine is below the eastern border of Russia. Yep. Um, and it's sort of above uh, modern day sort of Turkey. Yeah. Um, right in that wheelhouse there of like very different cultures um, and that cross between a Europe and um, like Arabia or, you know, whatever yes. you call it, like the Ottomans and all of it's, that. It's, it's very much in that, in that kind of area where, you know, in the ancient Middle world East. you would have been making, you would be making that distinction between – Asia yeah. and Europe. Yeah. It's right in that kind of yeah. area. Like Silk Roady? Yeah, it is very yeah. Silk Roady. Silk Roady? Um, <laughs> I think that's the um, official term. Is that, is that how you talk about that's, it? Yeah. <laughs> silk Roady? Like it's just a bit Silk Roady, guys. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, but and, so many uh, neighbouring countries. So we've got yep. Russia, obviously. We've got Belarus, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, uh, Romania, uh, Moldova. Mustn't forget Moldova. Mm. Um, and then the Black Sea as well. Yes, yes. And so um, the Black Sea um, is important going forward. Um, sure it's is. one of the one of the big strategic reasons mm. why Russia likes Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, being one of its only water bodies that it can access the sea with. Yes. Um, so you know, yeah, lots of lots of things going on mm. around this general region. Um, mm-hmm. But in eight eighty two, um, we have. Um, a bunch of Slavic groups, Slavic ethnic groups and um, who are in the region. But then there is also the ethnic Rus mm. people. Um, and what what is happening is there's a lot of like little kingdoms that are having lots of kind of boundary wars and little, little kingdoms that are taking over different places. Um, and a guy called Vladimir I, Vladimir the Great, as he comes to be known, um, essentially... Uh, he so his dad uh, was in charge of Kiev, mm. Kiev, um, and he 
gave see he was the younger son Vladimir was the younger son of his father I, I can't pronounce his name it's Zviat, Zviatoslav I feel like he nailed that Zviatoslav <laughs> very poor pronunciation of Russian names um and so, yeah, so he's born in 1958. He's the youngest son and uh, his mother, who is just like, there, there's actually, there's, there's Nordic sagas about Vladimir's mother, nice. um, Malusha, uh, who is described as a prophetess and they believe that she lived to the age of 100 and was brought from a cave from her palace to predict the future, to the palace to predict the future. Um, and that's his mum. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's like these <laughs> kind of like- it was just mum. Yeah, there's like <laughs> these legendary stories about like, where Vladimir comes from, which I yeah. guess like a lot of civilizations end up telling these kinds of stories. Yeah. Um, but uh, his brother's, um, his old eldest brother gets given Kiev um, and he gets given some other areas and he, and then he tries to marry a girl um, from Kiev. Mm-hmm. She says no. Bummer. So he instead decides to take over the place. <laughs> Classic. I'll show you. Um, which he does. Uh, <laughs> he he takes over the place. He yeah. kills um, uh, Rogvalod, who is his brother. Yep. Um, and it's and very like Cain and it's, it's very it's Romulus it's one of those cool legendy yeah. kind yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, and he is declared um, the. Uh, <laughs> it's K N Y A Z. Just say it, Knyaz, Knyaz, say it with confidence. Knyaz. Say it with confidence. of all of Kievan Rus. Love it. So we get the Kievan Rus yes. Empire. Yes. Um, which is the golden age of Kiev. Huzzah. Uh, and this time period um, is a it, – it's often looked to by both Russians mm. and Ukrainians mm. as like the dawn of their civilization. Yeah. Russians see it as the dawn of – the vast Russian empire. Yeah. Um, Ukrainians see it as the beginning of um, Ukraine. Yeah. Um, because the, the Kievan Rus was not like, it did not go that far into Russia. It was a little bit mm. into Russia, like mm. the, the empire itself. If you look at a map, it's, it goes a lot further South yeah. than Ukraine. It goes a lot further North yeah. than Ukraine, but its center is Ukraine. Yeah. Kiev is its capital. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, I mean, this is part of the problem, right? It's that shared history. This is that shared yeah. history thing, right? Yeah. Because the the Rus people, the ethnic people that end up populating this this mm. kingdom, mm. Um, do go on to split into yeah. the Russians well and then, the Ukrainians. Yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder as you move on, but like the move into more what what we now know as Russia and and setting up Moscow, Moscow um, yep. as the the capital and. Um, yeah, that's where the split happens. Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, and so they like yeah they rapidly expand into a lot of places. A lot of, um, like I said, you know this this time period, a lot of volatile things going on. A lot of uh, um, you know wars and things, skirmishes on the borders to keep expanding your borders. Mm. That's kind of what you did mm. um, during this time period as yeah. a as an autocratic ruler. You needed to to expand your empires or be conquered. Yeah. Almost that was kind of the show your pattern. power, show your strength. Yeah. Um, Vladimir also converts, uh, his, um, his, you know, Kievan Rus to Christianity. Yep. Um, and is, is sainted in the, the like Orthodox church. I was say Orthodox, yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, is, you know, um, 
kind of he he brings it into the the region. Mm. It, it becomes a um, a big part of the region, and because of that too, um, he has lots of relationships with the Byzantine empire which yeah. is around yeah. um and there is a, a lot of uh there's some good you know good trade going on between them there's some some good stuff happening there until uh relations there deteriorate as yeah. well yeah. um people don't like um a lot of uh the 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 rus um wealth yeah. i guess they, they were quite a wealthy sure. um state they had um you know it's a very fertile land mm. um in in the ukrainian region there's lots of Lots of stuff to exploit. Sure, yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Are we going to talk about the Mongols? Okay, so, yeah, so <laughs> in the in the 13th century, the Mongols invade. I love the Mongols. Um, and, I mean, like, it's pretty amazing we haven't talked about the Mongols yet on this show, to be honest. Well, I mean, they've probably been connected to every single story in some way. Yeah. They're just like, that's the influence they had. Yeah. I don't know, and we just haven't mentioned it. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the Mongols come in and they completely destroy um, yeah. the, the Kievan Rus, uh, mm. Kiev is completely destroyed in 1240. Yeah. Um, and, um, essentially, you know, everything is kind of decimated. <laughs> um, that breakdown of the golden era. Yeah. Where, like Ukraine starts to now be like, now carved, things start to, yeah, things yeah. start to get carved up by other empires then. Yeah. So once the Mongols leave, um, <laughs> Which is, they sack something and then leave. Yeah. Um, you get, uh, you get lots of other people trying to reunite mm. things. Mm. Um, but then it's just a foreign domination of mm. Kiev by different powers. Yeah. Most notably, um, the Poles, Yes. Um, Polish uh, takeover um, Kiev for quite a number of years. Yeah, they, I've, they, what I've got here is they're part of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, the um, it was <laughs> – it's so – it's so problematic. Uh, <laughs> the, the Polish Commonwealth um, was, you know, it, I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad necessarily. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. It's one of those types of yeah. situations. Yeah. Um, they but just were. And in, and in some of, in, in I think to some extent, the reading I did showed that, you know, when you're, when you're overtaken by another nation, mm. um, most native, cultural natives – end mm. up being like, no, we're not Polish. Yeah. Stop trying to make us Polish. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of resistance yeah. um, to the Polish crown. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there was there was calls for autonomy for Ukraine. Well, that's like it's a theme that I've seen in the reading that, that's existed this whole way through, like this a very distinct Ukrainian identity that has survived all of this attempt to um, subjugate it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, and so I think, um, you know, the, the, the Poles were, um, you know, that, like I said, they weren't terrible rulers necessarily, but mm. they, they wanted to keep yeah. Ukraine as part of because the of Polish empire. Aforementioned natural what, resources. What you, what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, they deprived a lot of the, the native Rus nobles of like yeah. their land and you know all the yeah. all the kind of things that you would generally do in that kind of situation yeah. as a as an overtaking power what any colonizer yeah. yeah uh um but so the cossacks <laughs> come to the rescue yes. hello cossacks yes. um 
I had a kid. How do you talk about? Yeah. I, was, I had a kid in the class the other day where we started talking about the Rome, and I was saying, "Who are the Cossacks?" And I was like, "That is a brilliant question." It is with like That's a really, very difficult, really to hard answer. to answer. And in fact, I was like, "Man, do we have to like, like do we have I to do another whole episode on no, Cossacks?" I was uh, like, Let's just in this context settle for like mercenary soldiers. Yeah, and they're they're kind of um, they're a, a disparate group of communities mm. uh, at this point in time. Yeah. They're, they're kind of they they call themselves Cossacks. They kind of ride. They're they're almost nomadic. Yeah, they kind of ride into places and yeah. and they have military skills. They have military skills. Yeah. They they train yeah. from an early age and they're yeah. they're quite good at it. Yeah. Um. And so uh, and maybe wear the hats. <laughs> well, the big, the big fur the, hats. The big fur hats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's our stereotypical view of them, I guess. Yes. Uh, and so, um, they they come in um to defend the Ukrainians like they kind of come in and be like we'll protect you from yes. the, the Polish people yeah. um, and so they form a, a quasi military state mm. um, and there is the Cossack Hetamante or uh, I mean that's what I Hetamante oh man okay. we're having a real <laughs> shocker today it's a tricky Hetmanate. 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 The Cossack Hetmanate. Um, it basically yes. means a Cossack government. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, James. Yeah, thanks, James. He's here. He's, he's back. He's, yeah. back to, <laughs> he's back to fact check. Fact checking and pronunciation advisor. <laughs> uh, and so there was a, in 1648, there was a large Cossack uprising against the Commonwealth of of Poland and uh, after that uh, he is declared liberator of the uh, the Ukrainian peoples mm-hmm. uh, the, the the head of the Cossacks mm-hmm. um, Bo- Bodan Kamelsnitsky Kamelsnitsky yep just yep. say it with yep. confidence <coughs> I'm telling you <laughs> and uh, yeah they they basically free Russia uh, and and Ukraine um, mm. from from Polish rule uh, and they you know, they set up for a little while. Um, they form a military alliance with the Russian Tsar um, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they acknowledge uh, loyalty to the Russian monarch, mm. um, yes. which is also kind of problematic. Yeah, it's uh, where this. In itself. Uh, yeah, the. the, the I, uh, a historian called it as like the pull towards Russia. Like there's just always kind of been this pull. Um, whether it's um, a voluntary pull or a resistant yeah, pull, that's changed. Yeah. Like that's shifted. That's right. Um, so yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So the 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 Cossacks are um, you know they're they're in charge of uh, of Ukraine for you know about a hundred years or so, hundred hundred and fifty hundred and fifty years, mm-hmm. um, where they are basically um, you know they're they're doing some things, but they're they're kind of annexed by. By Moscow, Moscow, um, yeah. and uh, Did you say Moscow or Moscow? Mos- I say Moscow. Me too. Yeah. Is that just an Australian? Let's just say that. Is that an Australian? We'll thing? just go with Moscow. Okay. I'm sorry, Russians who are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're probably not. I'm sorry, Ukrainians who are listening. Yes, uh, and so yeah, uh, but then also in 1709 they they defect to Sweden mm-hmm. um, against Russia in a in a war um, and. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of back and forth. Yeah, I've found a lot of chopping, changing, chopping and like, changing, like not with the will of the people. They're just being pulled along, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, the the Cossacks are in charge all this time, but they mm. swap to Sweden. They lead more anti-Polish uprisings. And Poland's trying to come back mm. and and mm. get them again. Yeah. Um, you know, they they end up 
killing a lot of uh, Poles and Jews mm. um, in a couple of those uprisings. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's a there's a real sense that um, the Cossacks are trying to cleanse okay. Ukraine at this time of, of foreigners. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's um and and they the underpinning it all, and I think this is important too. Underpinning it all is a um is a real big tie back to the Orthodox Church as well yeah. as like a um it's almost like a cultural touchstone I yep. found during the yep. research, right? So they they use the church as like a this is us, this is who we are. It legitimizes it's a, it's a real power. yeah legitimizing yeah. of identity, yep. and um they they are able to say to the people, hey, look. The church endorses us. Mm. You should too. Mm. Um, and uh, you know the um, yeah the Cossacks. Uh, you know that they're, they're not. I don't know whether they're necessarily the greatest thing that the Ukraine <laughs> that Ukraine is. Uh, well, but I think this is what <laughs> another theme as well. Yeah. The, the saviors turn out to be not so great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so where does that bring us up? Well, so yeah, so in timeline? in sort of the late 1700s during Catherine yep. the Great's reign, yes. the Cossacks love swear her. allegiance to her because they love her. They yeah. think she's great. She is great. Uh, <laughs> it's in her it's name. It's in her name. <laughs> um, and so they. Um, Catherine essentially um, annexes. Yeah. She annexes Crimea. Crimea, yeah. Um, and then they start. From the Ottomans. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Ottomans had control The Ottomans of had it, control that. of Crimea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is another theme. Crimea gets taken. It's because of the oil. Oh, so, yeah. so many, so many people want the Crimea. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, is that the Crimea? Yes, it is. It? The okay, Crimea is right. We can say that. Crimea. It's a region because it's yeah. a region. Okay, cool. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so they annex that, uh, and the Russians come in, and um, and Catherine establishes the policy of Russification, Russification, mm. um, and suppresses the Ukrainian language, which I looked up yes. as well. So the split between Russian and Ukrainian mm. um, happens way back in, and most um, like most anthropologists looking at the situation mm. uh, will say that Russian starts first. Okay. And Ukrainian comes just a little bit later. Yeah. They're both very similar. They would have been speaking – it comes from the same root. Yeah. Um, the same Rus yep. root. Um, and then um, they do split off and they do become quite yep. separate. Yeah, okay. And the people in the like in Ukrainian regions mm. speak Ukrainian. Yes. Um, Is it sort of like – you know, when Spanish people and Italian people are speaking their own language, they can still kind of understand each other. It's it is like, it is like that. like that. Yes, it is like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. And the, but there, yeah, the, there is a real theme as well of whenever someone annexes Ukraine, they try and suppress the Ukrainian language, yes. and yet it still yeah yeah abides. That's what I, yeah throughout the whole of the eighteen hundreds, um, it was you know it started off kind of light, and then the um, suppression of language and culture just got heavier and heavier. But mm -hmm. I think as that happened, mm -hmm. sort of the reaction was um, more and more resistance to yeah. it. So. And so where I got to, this is where I ended up my, yeah, with my research. Yeah, this is where my research um, is coming because in. Because I ended with, so Ukraine was then split again between Russia and the Habsburgs um, in Austria. Yep. Um, and so they, they kind of divided up everything after um, – Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth dissolved in 1795. Yeah. Um, it's, Ukraine is kind of split in half. Yep. One side goes to Russia, the other side goes to Austria. Yeah. Okay, cool. Did you look into the Crimean War at all? I thought about it, but I didn't really go yeah. into it because okay. that's a, that's <laughs> also a big topic. But um, I do know, like, you know, it was... I know that Russia lost and that was terribly humiliating for them. It was. Yeah. It was. And everyone, I mean, everyone was there 
for their own reasons. Mm. Um, You know, uh, um, I think uh, if we're talking about... I mean, we don't really have to go into it. No, but I was going to say, if we're we're talking about, like, major wars that I know very little about, Crimea Crimea is is one of them. (laughs) But I think what, like, where this ties in is, like, the the later half of the 19th century is this whole um, European... Europe is at war. tension. All the time. Tension, tension, tension. And um, Ukraine is not considered a... Balkan nation, but it's like Balkan adjacent. <laughs> like it you know, is. Bulgaria and Romania are right yep. there. Yep. So all of those tensions are just simmering away. Um, and you've got, you know, these these fights for independence as these um sort of ethnic identities start to push against the imperial rule of the Habsburgs or the Ottomans or whoever. Um, so you've just got this like the powder keg, really. Yes. Yep. And so that's kind of like the theme of the uh, late 19th century in Ukraine. And then I kind of like just looked into uh, like World War One. So um, in World War One, this is actually a fun fact. We do have one. Oh, okay. Sorry, were we All right, ready well, for this? I'm not, ready? I'm not ready to push the button. Hang I'm on, hang on. Ready, ready? Here we go, here we go. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. With Siobhan. Okay, so during World War One. Ukrainians were actually split into two separate and opposing armies. Right. Um, yeah, because of this sort of division. So yeah. the vast majority, um, 3.5 million, fought with the Imperial Russian Army. Okay. But then 250,000 fought for the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because so they, yeah, well, they, they were split down like, the middle. Yeah, they were split down the middle. So you've got Ukrainian fighting Ukrainian. Um, That's in, nuts. In World War One, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but that was my – that's the one and only fun fact I've got. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's – Technically not fun, is it? I mean, not, not really. It's interesting. It's an interesting fact. It's an interesting fact. Yes. Um, yeah, true. Um, so, you know, World War One kicks off in 1914. And then in 1917, we have the Russian Revolution, mm-hmm. which obviously mm-hmm. means that the vast majority of the Ukrainian um, element of the army are, like, pulled out of the war um, in 1918. Yep. So from 1917 to 1921-22ish we've got the Ukrainian War of Independence. Yes. And they're fighting basically against everybody. Everyone. Um for independence. So that's like a brief window of history where they've got um I think they're called the Ukrainian uh Republic. Okay, yes. Um I did have it written down there somewhere. Yeah. Uh but then they was in 1922, they were a forced signatory of the founding document of the USSR um, and so became part of the USSR in 1922. Yeah, because um, so, yeah, um, the USSR itself, if, if you haven't delved into into that kind of mine of minefield uh, of, of how that even works. So the, yeah. the idea was that in, you know, um, you would set up your government with Soviets, which were essentially councils, mm. um, and the USSR itself was not – it's not Russia. What it is is a conglomeration of many different Soviets, yes. um, and a lot of them are not actually in yeah. Russia. United Soviet Socialist, Socialist Republic. Republic. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. And then Ukraine is called the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, oh, and this is sort of how it's kind of viewed between 1917 and 1922. <laughs> the conflict kind of fits in to the framework of the Southern Front for the Russian Civil War. Yeah, so... So, yeah. And that's another thing. People probably don't know that no. there was a Russian Civil War yeah. um, Russian after Revolution, World War One. 
closely followed by Russian civil war. And in the Russian civil war, there's a lot of um, a lot of European powers and Western powers that mm. send troops to yeah. try and kick the communists out unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully, yeah. um, mostly because they were really divided. Yes, um, yeah. and, uh, and 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 Trotsky. <laughs> and Trotsky, he was just too good. He was pretty. He was good at uniting yes. his forces. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, there was a civil war, and mm. and the communists win that. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's just a lot of fighting going on. And then, uh, so you've basically Ukraine was, and they would have been known as the Ukraine then, was seen as the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. So yeah. they're a very um, agricultural country. Um, most of, of the grain production for the Soviet Union comes from Ukraine. Yep. So they're seen as incredibly important. Yeah. But um, Stalin doesn't like the, the nationalism that's sort of bubbling, bubbling away. away. So in the early years of the 20s when Stalin's kind of coming to power, there's this growth in Ukrainian nationalism and identity with a, um, a crackdown on that in the late 20s when Stalin's in power. Yeah. Um, and so I've got a, a quote here from uh, the research director of the Holodomor Research Education Consortium. Mm. His name is Bodan Klid. Mm. So what that kind of resulted in was a purge of intellectuals and priests. Yes. Um, and he sort of said, like, you think of it as a decapitation of the leadership of the country. So if you, like, cut off the head, which is the intellectuals and the priests... Um, and then you're sort of like left with no leadership. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what's happening in the 20s. And then yeah. in 1928, we have the beginning of Stalin's um, fi- first five-year plan. Um, so this is where we start talking about Russia quite a lot because um, Ukraine is technically part of it. So the five-year plan is based on um, collectivization of agriculture. Yes. And like um, Ukraine really felt that because they basically were a bunch of farms um, so they were forcibly um, collectivized, which meant Stalin had direct control over grain production. Uh, and the idea there was that he takes the grain from from Ukraine to make the money to feed industrialization of Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was the big thing, wasn't it? That um, you know mm. Stalin is trying to rapidly industrialize his own mm. areas. Yes, and so to do that, he's exploiting Ukraine mm. as a um, as a food production yeah, source. Probably among other areas, but yeah. Yep. Um, and so then uh, obviously there was resistance, Ukrainian resistance to this. Um, so Stalin first fought that with propaganda. So this is the idea where, of where the, the wealthy landowning Kulaks comes from. Yes. Um, so Kulak is a like a landowning peasant and they were depicted as like parasites on society, um, mm. lazy um, just, you know, uh, feeding off everyone else's hard work. And yep. that's that's actually... Um, yeah, a direct attempt from Stalin to, um, I guess, bring yeah. these people under control. Yep. Um, and then resulted in the uh, like hundreds of thousands of Kulaks were either imprisoned, exiled or executed and their, their property was taken yeah. as part of this collectivization. So this is where we start to get into like the really brutal, I think, part of mm, this. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1932, four million tons of grain were taken from Ukraine. Okay, and this is where we start to see. Um, I mentioned uh, Bodan Klid was part of the Holodomor mm-hmm. research. So the Holodomor is the Ukrainian word for um, this period of time from uh, 1932 to 1933 of um, man-made famine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the man-made famine. Um, it's basically. Uh, I don't know if it's. Uh, 
called genocide. Um, it's, this is where we also start to get into controversial history. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Is it uniformly agreed to be genocide? But many historians do say that it was a deliberate attempt from Stalin to eliminate Ukrainians. Yeah. Mm. I suppose, yeah, I suppose the big question would be intent. Yeah. So, like, um, was it not not that I'm, I'm I'm trying to make a decision here. <laughs> what I'm what I'm yeah. what I'm trying to say is though that like Stalin was Stalin trying to get rid of all the Ukrainians because they were doing work for him, or was yes. he just trying to like seriously bring, oppress them? Yeah, bring them under control. Um, that's a either yeah. way, it resulted in the death of about four million Ukrainians in this one year. So 30, yeah, wow. thirty-two to thirty-three, four million Ukrainians died. Like that's a, that's an estimate because again that was then followed up by a huge cover. Yeah. So yep. Stalin uh, then yeah went on to uh, control the media mm-hmm. in the aftermath, destroy mm-hmm. archives, and even went so far as to make sure that death records didn't say yeah. anything about starvation. So yeah. there's no way we could really oh, know. He's, oh, he's just so evil. Uh, yeah. Stalin. Yeah. He's just evil. Yeah. Evil. Evil man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also in 1937 there was a census which unsurprisingly showed a huge drop in the population of Ukraine Mm, um, mm -hmm. and that was never made public. And the people who carried out the census were either arrested or somewhere executed. Oh, cool. Just for, yep, doing the census. Because we counted some people. Yeah. Yeah. And we found that there are heaps We found that there's less. There are a lot missing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, like, and this is what I mean, we're not even up to World War II yet. (laughs) This is just just the lead up to. Um, so 37, uh, then we do get into, uh, World War II. So, um, Hitler invades the Soviet Union in, it was 1941. 1941. Definitely 1941. It was right before winter, wasn't it? It was sort of June, July, August. I think it's August because that was one of his huge mistakes. It was definitely. He did it too late. Yeah. Um, but by November 1941, nearly all of Ukraine is under Nazi control. Yes. And then this is where we, we start to get a little bit awkward too um, because um, by – I don't even want to say by and large, but um, y- Ukraine collaborated with the Nazis, um, I guess in the same way that the French did once they were defeated, like um, governments was, like government yep. bodies. But I feel like, like – like when you were talking about this earlier, yeah, and and I was like, oh, 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 right. But then, to talk but about. then I kind of, well, I kind of thought to myself, okay, I'm Ukrainian. Mm. I've just been through mm. one of the most oppressive regimes yes. in all of history. Yes, the Nazis, by comparison, coming in, yes, are looking pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah. And also um, they are promising the uh, well, they they're coming in with the promise of an independent Ukraine. Yeah. That's, which they reneged on, but that's what they're saying when they, yep. they come in, they invade Ukraine. Yep. So there And how much how much would you have known necessarily as a Ukrainian about what the Nazis were doing? Oh, probably not much. No, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think you probably you're probably seeing the Nazis as almost liberators coming to release you from this oppression. Is, it's this like the Cossacks as well. You yeah. Know, this seems to happen throughout the history of Ukraine. Um yeah, and the, the liberators turn out to be not so great as well, but yep. you could be forgiven for taking whatever opportunity sort of seems yeah. to present itself. But, of course, the Nazis weren't weren't destined to win Russia, were they? They were <laughs> not, no. Never invade Russia. It's just Actually, too- if you haven't been watching, I know this is like an international podcast and whatever, but, like, <laughs> I'm just going to put a plug out for there's a BBC show on at the minute yeah. called Rise of the Nazis oh. on SBS. Um, oh, yeah. And it's 
amazing and they're doing a whole season on the invasion of russia and it's so oh, good um cool. yeah so if you're not if you haven't if, if you've got is, access to the bbc if this is your jam yeah if this is your jam mm, you should yeah. get into it it's really good yeah yeah um yeah so uh nazis encouraged collaboration so supporting the idea of an independent state and collaboration is pretty well documented with auxiliary police known as Schutz. Schutzmannschaft and volunteers in German armed forces. There were uh, resistant. There were there were resistors as well. Though. Sure. Um, so they joined the Soviet partisans. Um, so this is an incredible statistic. Um, so the Soviet partisans of Ukraine. I don't know how they would have counted this, but um, in March 1942, there were thirty thousand of them in eighteen hundred detachments, little like okay. bands. Yeah. Yep. Um, by May. There were um, 1,918 in 37 detachments. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I think, yeah, um, the Eastern Front, like we know it's brutal. Oh, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, that I think that shows really, really brutal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, all in all, by the end of World War II, you have 1.4 million Ukrainian Jews that have been lost in the yep. Holocaust. Yep. And then there's no way we can know how many Ukrainian civilians, but um, estimates are about 5 million yeah. died during World War II. Yeah. So absolutely. Oh, you know, I didn't make this link. Go. So is this, I wonder, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to this eventually, mm. most likely in episode mm. three, mm. but like, is, is this where they're pulling the whole... Ukrainians are Nazis from? Possibly, yeah. Is it traced True. back to yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even I think about this. I hadn't even thought of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Even though... We should look into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even though a lot of them... I mean, it wasn't like... It was It was empty promises made by the Nazis. And, and also, it was, it's not like the Nazis came in and said, please. Like, I mean, you, know, you were fighting a war against... You know, was, an already evil oppressor. It was the Soviets or the Nazis. And yeah. so... Hmm. Uh, we don't we we don't get to see what would have happened if the Nazis win that, mm. and what Ukraine was like under Nazi leadership necessarily. Mm. So mm. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, none of this is it's very palatable to talk about, but it's it's important. It's what happened. It's really important. <laughs> it is what happened, and um, it's providing the context for what's happening now. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess that's the first phase oh, of Ukrainian gosh. history. Ukraine. I know. I've always, I've actually, like, I've, I've always wanted to go to Kiev because it looks yeah, beautiful. it does look beautiful, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Ukraine always brings it in Eurovision too. They do. say. That is true. Yeah. That is true. They do. Um, maybe one day I'll get to go. If, sure. Uh, yeah. Things calm down maybe. You know what? Um, I saw people donating um, on Airbnb, like booking places ah. in Kiev or um, you know any of the places that are being really Im- impacted. Yeah, and, and saying we have no plans of coming, but he'd have some money. And then um, you know they're sort of saying like, hopefully, maybe one day we can go and meet these people that we've yeah. just, just given money to. Yeah, um, yeah, which I think is yeah, wow, that's actually kind of cool. Such a cool like I don't know who thought of it. I think I saw it on Instagram or something. Um, but such a clever way to make sure that money is getting into yeah. the hands of actual Ukrainians right now. I, like, want, I wonder if it is though. Have the banks, are the banks in Ukraine okay? I don't well, even know. Well, that's, I guess that's complicated. But I mean, so, because it's also people, I mean, a lot of people have fled, right? So these mm, people mm. who are now in like Poland. Yes. Who have access to some money. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, um, hopefully. Hopefully. But no, because they are saying they have. They have got, yeah, they've yeah, received yeah, it. Yeah, oh, well, that's good. Like that is good. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So these. I people, suppose the Ukrainian banks are still connected internationally. Yeah. To yeah. Things. We haven't cut them off. Yeah, we haven't cut them off. They, yeah. 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 But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, people have been really touched by it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's just very clever. Oh, okay. Well, so that's the end of our first episode. Yes. We're so glad to be back. Um, but uh, that's how that it came, came to this. this. As always, you can catch us by email. How did it come to this podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at HDICTT podcast. If you like the show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review. It really helps us out. How Did It Come To This is written by Daniel Matters and Siobhan Doherty. Our producer is James Tuckwell, edited by Daniel Matters. Original music by Lachlan McWhirter.